We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Here's a good idea. Have a point. It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. Welcome back to At Your Service. Brad Young in this evening. And uh, during the break, uh, Matt Pajeski and I were just laughing about the dude who stole a hoverboard and a big screen TV from the Walmart. I'm thinking, you know, he's using the hoverboard as the getaway vehicle. And he's trying to get away with a big screen TV. Going down the street on a hoverboard. Whoa. (laughs) I would have liked to have seen that. So uh, in any event, not certainly not encouraging any criminal activity, just uh, laughing at the stupidity of it. Brad Young sitting in this evening at your service. Hey, we've got no interviews this hour, so uh, I've got lots of stuff to talk about. I always do. But if you've got something you want to discuss uh, on topic, off topic, doesn't matter. Give us a call. 314-436-7900. I do want to zero back on one of the clips that that Sean Michael Lyle played a few moments ago when he was talking about County Executive Sam Page and the mask mandate. And I want to tell you right now, if this if the county council issues a mask mandate, we can we can debate whether or not it's required or necessary, but it would be legal because under Missouri law, the county council is the legislative body empowered empowered to issue mask mandates, not the county executive. So it would be legal. And then we could debate whether it's wise or not wise, whether we need it or whether we don't need it. But whether it's legal would be resolved. But county council, or I mean, county executive Sam Page did not care when he previously issued his mask mandate, knowing full well that it was illegal, non-valid. He didn't care. And it sounded like one of those callers we had last hour that said, I don't care what the Constitution says. I don't care what the law says. We needed to impeach Donald Trump because it was the right thing to do. That's the thing that I will always rail about here on X is when the ends justify the means. Because they don't. We have to have a rule of law. And we can agree. We can disagree. We can argue about the merits. But if the rule of law doesn't apply then what separates us from barbarism? I mean, we just descend into a lack of, it's tyranny is what it is. It's tyranny. And we want to rise above tyranny. Jim's got some thoughts this evening. What, Jim, what's on your mind? Big Daddy Brad. 
Hey, uh, I just got home from my 13 and a half hour day, so now I think I'm going to just go uh, get vaccinated. Okay. <laughs> so a long day, and you're listening to Camo X. What a great way to end your day. That's, that's every day, though. I mean, I think these people are so detached from reality. I, I mean, I, I can barely find time to go to the grocery store and get the laundry done, maybe vacuum the carpet, you know, in order to earn a living. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know what these people are doing, what planet they're living on. I can't even get time off work to go get my teeth cleaned, let alone get vaccinated. They're, they're crazy. If they would ever stop nagging us long enough about it, we might be able to sort through our feelings and our thoughts on it. I'm just so sick of them nagging me about vaccinations and COVID. I'm sick of it. I don't want to hear about it anymore. Keep it to yourself. That's We, we just get pummeled every day as nothing but all COVID all the time. Whoop. There you go, Jim. Apparently, he's sick of it enough, and he bailed. That's all right, Jim. Thanks for calling in. But just to show that that's not the only thing that we're talking about, uh, we're, we're going to take a break here in just a moment. But there's a story that I want to focus on, two of them, in fact. One is, did you see the Black Widow movie? I, I did. I, I And I got to tell you, I'm a sucker for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I, I am. I'm a sucker for it. I enjoy it. I love all the movies. I read the comics when I was a kid. I never stopped being a nerd. But suddenly now it's kind of okay to be a nerd if you're watching the Marvel movies. But, you know, if you're sitting around reading comics, you're still just a loser nerd. But uh, so it's a cool way, you know. It's a way that I can keep up with the same stuff but uh, hang out with the cool kids. That's what it is. So Black Widow, though, I'm putting on my lawyer hat because there's an interesting development in the Black Widow uh, legal saga where it is Scarlett Johansson versus Marvel versus Disney et al. And I'm going to get into some of those details. Also, there's a member of the Proud Boys, which whom I do not endorse. That's a racist organization. And yet, and yet, they burned a Black Lives Matter flag and got five years in jail for it just today. So I'm going to talk about some of those issues coming up after the break here at your service on KMOX. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You know, I think it was July 29 when Scarlett Johansson uh, filed her lawsuit against uh, Disney and against Marvel. And uh, I, I went to the box office to see the Black Widow movie because, again, I'm a sucker for all any. If it's got MCU on it, I'm, I'm chucking out some cash to see it. It's just that simple. All right. So but got Disney Plus just so I could watch Loki, 
All right. So, yeah, I'm hooked and they know it. They've got my dollar. But what's interesting is this. Contractually, I want to talk about the legal side for just a second. You've probably heard that uh, I think it was uh, Robert Downey Jr. I think he made $80 million on one of the Iron Man movies. $80 million. Now, anywhere you go, that's big money. And the way he got it was a combination of two factors. Number one, they paid him like $20 bucks, and I'm estimating here. They paid him like $20 million to do the movie. And then he got a percentage of the gross. And the the Iron Man movies all made, you know, $500 million, $750 million, $800 million. So he got a percentage of the box office gross on what's called the back end. So Scarlett Johansson comes along in 2017 and signs a deal to make a Black Widow movie. And she signed a similar type of contract where she got millions up front to do the Black Widow movie and then a percentage of the gross. But in 2017, Disney Plus didn't exist. In 2017, streaming was around like Netflix, but there were no... The the, the model in 2017 was that Movies were released theatrically. They made all the money they could make at the box office. And then, and only then, and after months and months and months and months and months and maybe years, then it would come to streaming where you could watch it, you know, for 10 bucks a month. So that was the model that was established in 2017. So Scarlett Johansson signs the deal, like I said, where she gets some money up front and a percentage on what's called the back end, where she gets a percentage of the gross of the movie. But then COVID comes along, and the movie's delayed. The movie's shot. It's what's called in the can, meaning it's shot, it's finished. We're just not going to release it now for whatever reason. And, of course, it was COVID because nobody was going to see a movie. I mean, during COVID, I went to see Back to the Future. I mean, <laughs> that's not exactly a new release, right? But I just wanted to see a movie at the box office. So we, uh, so now Scarlett Johansson's movie Black Widow comes out, and it is released theatrically. However, Disney Plus, owned by Disney, which owns Marvel, also released it at the exact same time for what's called premium access. Meaning, if you wanted to pay thirty bucks to see to see uh, Black Widow, you could watch it from the convenience of your couch. And so, consequently, because folks who would normally have to shell out money to see it at the box office could watch it at home on their couch and eat their own popcorn, because of that, the box office take for Black Widow was a third of what it was projected to be. So, if again, I'm running these things through with you to set up this analysis. So if the box office dropped by, a, by two-thirds, if it was only a third of what it should have been, but it was less because of the concurrent release, but Scarlett Johansson's contract did not include a percentage of what Disney would take from streaming. They, she only got a percentage of the box office because who envisioned – paying 30 bucks to watch it from home when the contract was drafted. Nobody. So she rightly sued Disney on July 29. Now, Disney responded to that 
by saying we're going to sever all contacts and ties with Scarlett Johansson. She'll never be in another Disney Marvel movie again. We want to have nothing to do with her. And then the the public battle started. But here's where we are in the midst of that litigation. And this is this is a novel approach to litigation. And I think ultimately at the end of the day, it'll probably settle because frankly, most cases settle. In my office, most cases settle. In most law offices, most cases settle. Why? Because going to trial is expensive for everybody. And sometimes you don't want the result. You don't want there to be what's called precedent when a case goes to trial. You don't want there to be a bad decision out there that's going to haunt you forever. You don't want it. So how do you make it go away? You throw some money at it, right? Which is good and bad, depending on your point of view. And who's got more money these days than Disney? I mean, they're rolling in the dough. You know, they look at Fort Knox and go, yeah, that's beer money. So they've got lots and lots and lots of cash. So I think ultimately this case will settle. But here's where this is litigation. I'm going to bring this back to a St. Louis connection because Disney has exercised a clause in the contract with Scarlett Johansson. It's called an arbitration, a mandatory arbitration clause. And what does that mean? Well, that's a fancy way of saying the lawsuit cannot go forward because we've agreed contractually that if there's any dispute in the application of this contract, we're going to go to an arbitrator, not a trial, not in a public court, not in some setting that can award you a huge jury verdict for punitive damages. No, no, no. We've agreed in advance to go to mediation where it's done privately. It's not a public record. And if we reach a settlement, nobody knows the terms of the settlement. So I bring that up because you probably heard St. Louis is suing the Rams. You know, I'm a big fan of when I talk about Stan Kroenke, I'm a big fan of saying that Stan Kroenke is to lying like Wisconsin is to cheese because because the entire lawsuit against the Rams is based on fraud. And fraud is a legal way of saying, liar, liar, pants on fire. And you just can't say that in court because, you know, they kick you out if you, if you sound like you're a kindergartner. So they we call it fraud. We call it unjust enrichment. We call it tortious interference with a business expectancy because that sounds intelligent, but really it's just liar, liar, pants on fire. So by exercising that, that arbitration clause, it gets it out of the public view and allows to, there to be a private resolution that's non-public. Now, St. Louis defeated the arbitration clause with the Rams. It went all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court, who denied to hear the case. So the Rams case is either going to settle or it's going to a jury trial. It is not going to arbitration because arbitration is never good for the plaintiff. It's always good for the defendant. So with Scarlett Johansson's case, Disney, I haven't seen the terms of the contract because that's not public, so we don't know exactly how that's phrased. So I can't make any prognostications about whether or not Disney will be more successful than Stan Kroenke at exercising an arbitration clause. All I can tell you is that's where the case is right now. So now, probably for the next six to eight months, the sole focus of the legal dispute between Scarlett Johansson and Marvel slash Disney will be whether or not the arbitration clause is or is not enforceable. 
And if it is enforceable, you're never going to hear this lawsuit again. Poof, it's gone because it's going to go to arbitration. The arbitrator will issue a ruling, and then the parties are bound by that arbitration. You're never going to hear it. It won't be public. Either money will change hands or it won't, but you will not know about it until there's some, you know, some milk toast public statement by everybody going, we're so thrilled the litigation's over and we've decided to kiss and make up. So we'll see, though, if that arbitration clause is not upheld. In other words, if the court rules that the arbitration clause is not enforceable, then this case could easily go to a jury trial. I still think it would settle at the end of the day, but that's where that litigation is. I'm going to be tracking and following this because, number one, I'm a nerd and a geek, and so I love this this stuff. Plus, I'm an attorney, so I'm going to follow it from the legal angle. So as you listen to At Your Service over the coming months, I'll be updating you as the Scarlett Johansson v. the Walt Disney Company lawsuit moves forward, and we'll get a ruling. We'll know what that ruling is. The, the court ruling will be public. So when the judge rules about whether the, the arbitration clause is or is not enforceable, we will know. So I'll bring it to you uh, as that moves forward over the next few months. And you got to know, you want to talk about lawyer fees. I mean, what kind of what kind of legal fees do you think are being generated in that lawsuit? Oh, my goodness. Um, they will be extraordinary. So uh, we'll be, I'll be following it uh, for lots of reasons as that moves forward. Hey, coming up after the break, I want to talk some more about this poll that shows that essentially half of Americans favor government censoring what's called, quote, misinformation, unquote. But, of course, one person's misinformation is another person's truth, and therein lies the problem with censorship. And also this Proud Boys leader, an organization that I detest, but he got five months in jail for burning a Black Lives Matter flag. And I'm going to make some comparisons to the U.S. flag. And why is there a difference? If you've got some comments on any of these topics or or anything else that comes to mind, 314-436-7900. Also texting. And folks, we've gotten lots of texts tonight. I appreciate all of them. Some of them I can't read on the air because of that pesky thing called the FCC, but uh, <laughs> I always read and listen to your texts and, and read them and uh, comment on them if possible. So calls or texts 314-436-7900. We'll be back right after this. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. You know, I don't know how much news you read during the day. I, I don't focus on any specific source. I like to get my news from a broad range because I, I try to avoid what's called the confirmation bias, where you only hear information you agree with. And so I'm reading, you know, this right-wing bastion magazine, or news source rather, called NPR, National Public Radio. 
Okay, I'm being facetious. But the, they've had a story today where there was this guy uh, from the leader. His name was Henry Enrique Tario. He's a leader of the Proud Boys. And the Proud Boys is a racist extremist group. And he was settled, He was sentenced today for five months in prison for burning a Black Lives Matter banner. So he, he got this banner. He ripped it off of a black church in downtown Washington, D.C., and he burned it. And he got sentenced to five months in prison. And so I'm reading, I read through the entire story, and it talked about how it was, you know, it was considered a hate crime, and he got sentenced. But at no point in time, and of course the article, because it's NPR, goes into great detail about who the who the, uh, who the Proud Boys are, how they're a racist organization. I don't doubt any of that. I don't doubt that. But nowhere in this article did it point out the philosophical elephant in the room, and that's this. You can burn an American flag, and you don't go to jail. You burn a flag for Black Lives Matter, you go to prison for five months. Why the difference? Why is there a difference? I mean, the the Supreme Court laid down the test of symbolic speech back in 1969. It was a case called Tinker versus Des Moines. And back in the, in 1969, the 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 issue of course de jour in the late 60s was the Vietnam War. So here's the, some folks who wear black armbands to school to protest the Vietnam War. And they were told, you got to take them out or you're not coming to school. And the Supreme Court ultimately ruled that was symbolic speech. And in 1989, the Supreme Court held, because there were laws prohibiting the burning of the American flag, in 1989, if memory serves, because I was in law school at the time, the Supreme Court ruled that you cannot burn, you cannot prohibit the burning of the American flag because the burning of the flag is symbolic speech, and symbolic speech is protected by the First Amendment. And I, I and I buy into all that, even though to me burning the American flag is reprehensible. You're essentially spitting on anyone who's ever served this country in the armed forces. You're spitting on anyone who's a police officer. You're spitting on anyone who's a firefighter. You're spitting on anyone who serves this country by burning the American flag, and it's reprehensible. But, you know, the First Amendment protects not only speech that we agree with, but it just as importantly protects speech that we don't agree with. Because if you only can protect the speech you agree with, basically what you have is 1984, George Orwell, where if you control the speech, you control the thought, and if you control the thought, you control the pub, you control the populace. And that, my friends, is called tyranny. That's what tyranny is. So I, I got on board, even though in law school I was thinking, eh, I don't know if I could agree with this. Is you can Supreme Court said you could burn the American flag. But okay, I understand symbolic speech. But now I'm seeing this story of burning a Black Lives Matter flag. It's the same flag. It's probably made with a similar type of cloth. Uh, it probably doesn't have any more inherent monetary value than does 
uh, an American flag. So it might be extremely similar in terms of cost and and uh, uh, and so forth. But yet, if you burn one, you go to jail. If you burn the other, you don't go to jail. Why the difference? Why the difference? Now, I know what you'll say. You'll say, well, the difference is one is an expression of hate speech. And it probably is. And I wouldn't even disagree with that. But the last time I checked, every case that's come before the U.S. Supreme Court has said that hate speech is still protected speech. There is no legal constitutional prohibition of hate speech, even if it's reprehensible, even if it's wrong, even if it's repugnant. It's still protected because in our country, all speech should be protected because unless all speech is protected, then no speech is protected. That's the concept. And so I I agree that if, well, this is hate speech. All right. Well, isn't burning the American flag hate speech? You know, there were a lot of American flags being burned during the George Floyd protests. Weren't those people, weren't, weren't they expressing hate for the government and the citizens of the United States? Of course they were. And was that still protected speech? Of course it was. Even though it bothered me to the core of my being when I saw the American flag trampled and spit upon and burned, it was troubling. But I knew that because of liberty, you get to express that opinion. But if someone wants to express the opinion that Black Lives Matter is reprehensible, just like the people who were expressing their opinions that the United States of America is reprehensible, that was allowed. But if you express your opinion that Black Lives Matter is reprehensible and you do so by burning a Black Lives Matter flag, you go to jail. Why? What's the difference? And that's therein is the trouble with hate speech is because it basically or these I'm sorry, laws that prohibit hate speech. It doesn't mean that you're in favor of hate speech. No rational American should be in favor of hate speech. But that's not the issue. The issue isn't whether hate speech is okay. The issue is whether the government can put you in prison for expressing it. And the Constitution, at least by the Supreme Court, with both liberal justices and conservative justices alike over decades and decades of time, says hate speech is still protected speech. So I don't understand why we as a society now have said, if you express hate against one group, you go to prison. If you express hate against a different group, you cannot be arrested. You cannot be tried. You cannot be convicted. You cannot be jailed. And to me, that's very, very troublesome from a legal perspective, but it's also troublesome from a moral perspective because it is essentially saying that only some speech is protected and other speech is not. And the government gets to decide what part of your speech is or is not protected. And that's the problem with censorship. You know, I mentioned it earlier. We had a caller and we were discussing the fact that uh, if you expressed a year ago that the coronavirus came from a, a lab in Wuhan, China, you were kicked off of social media. When today, it's pretty much accepted as being 
that's probably the most likely source of of the of the coronavirus. And if you express an opinion right now that says, well, masks because of cloth masks and the way they're designed uh, are only 10 percent effective in blocking the transmission of the coronavirus because the coronavirus is smaller than the webbing of a cloth mask. And in fact, there was a study that came out in a peer-reviewed journal just last week that proved that very same fact. But if you express that opinion on social media today, you'll be banned. You put that on Facebook. If you put that study on Facebook, you will be kicked off of social media at the request of the White House for spreading disinformation about COVID-19, even though scientifically that's not even in dispute. So there's an instance where you're saying something that is true, saying something that has been verified scientifically, and you're still kicked off for saying the wrong words at the direction of the United States government. Folks, that's troubling. So I'm troubled by the ideas more than I am about the individual acts of censorship. Because if we allow this, where does it stop? Here's another example. Here's another example where we punish some types of speech, but not others. Uh, During the campaign, there was a lot of issue made of Hunter Biden's laptop computer. Okay, Lots of that. And I thought that was pretty much a non-issue. And I still think it's not that huge of an issue, even though a lot of my conservative friends disagree with me. They say it's a big issue. But yet what happened is Jack Dorsey was testified in front of Congress this year, and he was questioned about this because on Twitter, if you talked about Hunter Biden's laptop computer, you were kicked off of Twitter. You were kicked off of Twitter for expressing that because they said, well, you're just, you're just uh, disseminating false information and misleading information. And yet we've seen over the last two or three weeks that not only did his computer have a lot of information on it, there were sex videos on his laptop computer of him with Russian agents of prostitutes who were hired by the Russian government to get information on Hunter Biden to use against his father. So what was initially said was initially classified as false information, misleading information, and we have to censor that speech, now it's turned out to be kind of true. So why was it banned and turned out to be true? Why is that? What's the difference? And those are questions that we're going to need to analyze in this 21st century tech society. Because if we don't get a handle on this, folks, the government will get a handle on it for us. And then we will be ceding our liberty and ceding our freedoms to be defined by the government. That's the beauty of the Constitution, folks. It doesn't define our rights. It defines what the government cannot do. And uh, because our rights do not come from the government. The framers made that very clear. Our rights come from God. And at that point, uh, if we are giving up our rights and allowing the government to define them, they're going to define them just about as well as they define misinformation on social media, which is whatever we say it is. And that, my friends, is the problem. Hey, we've got one segment coming up. We're going to take a break. Uh, Stick around. Don't go away. Hey, we're cruising into the last segment here on At Your Service. 
Brad Young with you uh, just for a few more minutes. Thanks for staying up late with us. And don't forget, uh, coming up after 11 o'clock, we've got the St. Louis Rewind, where you get to hear some of the best of uh, today, of St. Louis Talks with Ryan Recker. He used to be right here in this time slot. Ryan Recker and Bo Matthews and Carol Daniel, and that'll be coming up right after the news at 11 o'clock. In the meantime, John's called in this evening. Hey, John, welcome to Camo X. How you doing tonight? I'm doing great. Thank you. What's on your mind? So, uh, well, I was listening to talk about the NPR article. Yes. And um, he had, so he was pulled over for vandalizing the sign, right? Correct. That's exactly right. Okay. So he, he, it wasn't his, it wasn't his flag. It was something that he stole from a church or took off a church, right? Exactly. And he got pulled, he got pulled over for vandalizing the sign. And then they also found some extended, uh, magazines in his possession. Yeah, there were two magazines, and, and both of them were unloaded, yes. Y- yes, but they're still illegal. Extended extended clip was illegal. Correct. And then, so they arrested him for that. He pled guilty. He pled guilty to vandalism and the weapons charge. He did. And then he got, he, then he got, he got, it's not like he pleaded not guilty. It's not like he pleaded guilty. He said he was wrong. He wanted leniency. But of course he they did. gave us. They gave him a, a. It wasn't him burning the flag. He pleaded guilty to crimes. Well, and he, so he's yeah, going he, to jail for the crimes that he committed. Of course he did. But here's here's what's interesting, is that the arrest warrant was issued for him burning the they burning the flag, and when he pled guilty to the charges, you're right. Part of the charges were because he had two unloaded magazines, but the other part was because he burned the flag. And so he had to plead guilty because if you've got a government who's going to be coming after you, uh, the government doesn't care what it costs in legal fees. Uh, Scott Rosenblum here in St. Louis charges, last time I heard, please don't quote me because I've never hired him, last time I heard Scott Rosenblum charges about 500 bucks an hour uh, to represent people in criminal defense cases. So at that point, of course he pled guilty because he didn't want to face the legal fees and the challenges of fighting charges that at the end of the day he probably wouldn't have beaten anyway and it would have cost him a fortune. At this point now he's out in five months. But my greater issue is he's still penalized for burning a flag when other people burn the American flag and they're not equally penalized. I, well, I, I have a problem with burning the American flag, just as you do. I do. I have a huge problem do. with it. But yep. legally, I understand what it's, symbolic speech means. But why doesn't right, symbolic it, speech apply to a Black Lives Matter flag? I, it, I don't think it's so much about the Black Lives Matter flag. I believe that it was stolen. And he definitely, other everything. I know it's not part of it. But his credibility, his reputation, his Twitter feeds, his Facebook stuff, I mean, it was definitely hate. And hate speech is not allowed. But see, that's where you're wrong, John. Hate speech is, in fact, protected by the Constitution. Every Supreme Court case that's dealt with the issue of hate speech has said that hate speech is protected. Even though we don't like it, even though it's repugnant, even though it's reprehensible, it still cannot be punished under the First Amendment. The Supreme Court has so never where, varied so, from that. So, so where does hate speech and hate crime, where's the line? I can tell you that, too, John. I'm glad you asked. The line is... 
if you are advocating violence towards a specific person, then that becomes a crime under the Constitution as opposed to speech. That's what the Supreme Court has consistently held. But this individual in burning the flag wasn't advocating violence towards any specific people. He was expressing an opinion. Okay. Now, had he said, I'm burning this flag because I want Paul Jones to die, then yes, then he's advocating violence towards Paul Jones. But he was burning the Black Lives Matter flag to express his disgust for the Black Lives Matter organization. That's speech. It's hate speech. Again, it's reprehensible, but it's still protected speech. And that's what, to me, is a problem and very, very troubling. If that was the only charge, yes, there would be a problem there. But what are what is the the norm for a weapons charge in Washington D.C.? Well, half of his sentencing was due to the unloaded magazines, and half was due to burning this this uh, Black Lives Matter flag. And that's why I'm so, troubled by it. Hey, John, I'd love to keep having this conversation, but we are completely out of time, my friend. But thanks for calling right, yeah, in. Good evening. I appreciate it. You have a great evening. That's why I love being on Camo X because they you this is the, the the highest educated, the most intelligent audience of any radio station, perhaps in America. And so that's why I truly cherish the opportunity to talk to listeners because we always have great conversations. This is the kind of stuff I love talking about when I get together with friends over chicken wings. But we get to do it together on 50,000 watts of Camo X, uh, 1120 AM, and of course at 98.7 FM or anytime at the Odyssey app. You can download it from the App Store or go to odyssey.com at any point in time. Make sure you stick around again, 11 o'clock. We've got one hour of the Rewind of St. Louis Talks. With Ryan Recker, Bo Matthews, and Carol Daniel. Uh, I think I'll be on next week. September 2nd is the next time I'll be on here on Camo X. So stick around and keep the dial here on Camo X. Well, it's all right. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.